Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. We start with a scandal that's almost too strange to believe. An ongoing investigation into unemployment insurance fraud has found more than $42 million in California unemployment payments went to incarcerated people in out-of-state prisons and jails. The scammers were in such states as Nevada, Illinois, South Carolina, and Florida. One person locked up in the Sunshine State reportedly received nearly $11,000 in California unemployment payments. It's believed more than 1,600 prisoners in California also received insurance payments. State elected officials are blasting the Employment Development Department for not having audit mechanisms in place to prevent fraud. Let's turn to the coronavirus. The state's pandemic numbers continue to worsen, with mushrooming infection rates and more than 27,000 COVID fatalities. KQED science reporter Kevin Stark has the latest. California is averaging more than 35,000 cases of COVID-19 per day, according to the state. Working through a backlog of tests conducted over the holiday, California reported another new daily case record on Monday. The total number of Californians who have tested positive for the coronavirus over the course of the pandemic is nearing 2.5 million. State officials are keeping a close eye on new case numbers this week to determine if California will see yet another spike in cases. Holiday gatherings might have seeded what officials have described as a surge on top of a surge on top of yet another surge. For the California Report, I'm Kevin Stark. Frontline healthcare workers are supposed to be some of the first people to get the coronavirus vaccines, but many of those workers are hesitant to get the shots. In response, the Los Angeles Fire Department has turned to prizes to encourage its personnel to get vaccinated. KCRW's Angel Carreras has more. What if that dose of the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine came with a new bike or an Uber gift card? Those prizes and more are being dangled in front of firefighters skeptical or concerned about the vaccine. Officials are hoping goodies and raffles will get more firefighters to roll up their sleeves. After the first week of vaccine availability, less than a third of the department's 3,400 firefighters got the shot. Donations to individual fire stations are on offer, along with gift cards, entertainment systems, and even home security cameras. The LAFD Foundation, a nonprofit that raises money to support the department, is underwriting those prizes. More than 670 city firefighters have tested positive for COVID-19 since the start of the pandemic. For the California Report, I'm Angel Carreras in Los Angeles. 
Many California grocery workers could soon get a temporary pay raise under proposals cities and counties are considering. That includes parts of Los Angeles, where COVID cases are higher than ever. KPCC's David Wagner has details on the new so-called hero pay provisions. In L.A., thousands of grocery workers have contracted COVID-19. Now some local leaders want to mandate additional pay for workers on the front lines. This week, county supervisors voted to move forward with a plan that would require larger grocery chains to give workers a $5 per hour pay bump. Similar proposals are being considered by Long Beach, San Francisco, and the city of L.A. John Grant, president of the SoCal Grocery Workers Union, says with fewer people dining out, grocery sales are way up. The huge profits should be shared with those who, in fact, are suffering, who are exposed. But California Grocers Association President Ron Fong says higher labor costs could lead to higher prices for cash-strapped customers. This is not the right time to put a cost increase on people that go to their grocery stores for the essentials. L.A. County's hero pay mandate would last for 120 days. It's slated for a final vote later this month. For the California Report, I'm David Wagner in Los Angeles. Our country's cash bail system has long been controversial because of equity and class. If you have the dough, you can get out of jail, but if you don't, you stay behind bars. Well, yesterday, California's Supreme Court heard oral arguments in a landmark cash bail case that tackles that issue. KQD's Kate Wolf explains. The court is weighing whether to uphold a 2018 appellate ruling, which found that judges must consider a defendant's ability to pay for bail when setting a bail amount. That decision came after a San Francisco man named Kenneth Humphrey, who was suspected of robbing an elderly neighbor of $5 and a bottle of cologne, spent a year in jail because he couldn't pay his $600,000 bail. Here's Humphrey's lawyer, Daniel Volchok. We are talking here about the government locking people up, presumptively innocent people, keeping those people from their homes, their jobs, their children or other family members. Lawyers for the state told the court they agree that the cash bail system is unfair and a defendant's ability to pay should be considered, but argue that if the monetary bail system is phased out, more people should be detained pre-trial. Christine Soto DeBerry of the Prosecutors Alliance says the real debate here is how to move away from cash bail. And they are looking to develop a system that will be more equitable, that will treat people of different incomes the same. The question is what that system will be. DeBerry says we can expect a decision from the court in the next few months that will likely make a nod toward the need for legislative reform. For The California Report, I'm Kate Wolf. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of The California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.
And now more in a story we told you about yesterday. More than 200 workers at Alphabet, the parent company of Google, have announced they're forming a union with the Communications Workers of America. In the past, service workers at companies like Apple and Facebook have joined traditional unions. But the Alphabet union is the first of its kind in Silicon Valley. KQD's Sam Harnett reports. Alexander Peterson remembers how he felt the day he got the software engineering job at Google in 2016. When I joined, I was I was thrilled. It was this magical place where everybody works together. He totally nerded out on Google. We build a planet-scale computer. We own our own oceanic cable. Over the last four years, Peterson has gotten increasingly disenchanted. He participated in the Google walkout in 2018, when 20,000 workers protested sexual harassment, a lack of diversity, and the second-class status of temps and contractors, which account for over half the company's workers. He also supported workers fighting against Google's contracts with the military. And now he is one of the organizers of this new union. We really want to save Alphabet from itself, stop it from becoming just another one of these huge, uh, inhuman, faceless entities that just bulldozes humanity for the sake of profit. But their group is small, 225 people at a company with over 260,000 workers. And this union includes a wide variety of people, everyone from cafeteria workers to programmers. It's not yet recognized by the National Labor Relations Board. In a statement, Google didn't recognize the union either and said, quote, we'll continue engaging directly with all our employees. There are a lot of barriers to building solidarity within Google. Chris Tilley is a professor of urban planning at UCLA. He says because Google has been so effective at fissuring its workers, making some contractors, others temps, and outsourcing work around the globe, it's very hard for workers to organize. It also just creates all kinds of divisions among workers. And it potentially means that sort of different groups of workers can be pitted against each other. There has long been an anti-union streak in Silicon Valley. Robert Noyce, who co-founded Intel in 1968, is quoted saying, if we had the work rules that unionized companies have, we'd all go out of business. Today, Michael Solana, a venture capitalist at the Founders Fund, is one of many critics. He wrote on Twitter that the Alphabet Union is, quote, appropriating the language of exploited coal miners. There's also been criticism of how varied the grievances are of union members, which range from the treatment of contractors to Google's product decisions and lack of diversity. But labor lawyer Caitlin Vega says what Alphabet workers want is actually not that different from what workers want in any union. Every union is about worker power and workers getting a say in what happens on the job. And I think even when you read back to the some of the earliest unions, you know, the, the unions of um, teenage girls who were working in garment shops, um, their demands were not always simple. The laws that govern unions in the U.S. make it really hard for workers at Google to form a traditional union. Contractors, which make up a large part of the company, are technically barred from joining unions. And legal precedent makes it difficult for unions without a majority of workers to bargain for contracts. But Peterson, the software engineer at Google, says he hopes the union will send the message to other workers in Silicon Valley that they're not alone. For the California Report, I'm Sam Harnett. And that is the California Report for Wednesday, January 6th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in L.A. Have a great day, and thanks for listening. 
Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash Adapting Care. The law firm Perkins Coie, a trusted legal advisor to innovative companies and industry leaders throughout California and the world. Learn more at PerkinsCoie.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together. On the web at SchmidtFutures.com. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfetah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. 